Good evening. It's great to see everybody. Thank you for being here tonight on this Tuesday night of revival. We're excited uh, to have Brother Jim McComas with us and excited to hear from the Word of God again as God's laid on his heart. Uh, we're going to begin with a word of prayer, uh, and then Sister Jennifer's going to sing for us. It's always great to see Brother Larry, if you will, brother, uh, open our service in prayer.
you all stand with us. We're going to sing number 654. Oh, I want to see him.
I hope everybody here tonight knows you're going to heaven when you die. If you know you're going to heaven when you die, then let's sing this last verse like we're excited about it. Somebody say amen. giving. Uh, every dime of the offering tonight goes to our special speaker to be a blessing to him. He certainly has been a blessing to us, and tonight we want to be a blessing to him uh, through our giving. Uh, it's great to see uh, Pastor Mark Cahoon of Glad Tidings Church here with us tonight. And uh, brother, will you please ask the Lord's blessing over this offering?
in the house of the Lord tonight. I hope you're thankful as I am. Uh, I'm going to read this passage of scripture to you, and, and I just want to, um, before I do, you know, there's something that, that Pastor Luke's dad has said uh, standing here at this pulpit before, uh, and it's always resonated with me. I've heard Luke repeat it several times, uh, and this verse just kind of speaks to that, uh, and it's that you, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, you're bulletproof until God's done with you. Until God's done with you, you're bulletproof. And in Psalms chapter 91, it says, The one who lives under protection of the Most High, he dwells in the shadows of the Almighty. And I will say concerning the Lord, who is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. He himself will rescue you from the bird trap, from the destructive plagues. He will cover you with his feathers, and you will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night. The arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks in darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon. Though a thousand fall at your side and tens of thousands at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your refuge. The Most High, your dwelling place, no harm will come to you. No plague will come near your tent, for he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands, that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and on the cobra, and you will trample the young lion and the serpent. Because he has his heart set on me, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. Heavenly Father, tonight, God, we give you all praise, honor, and glory that you deserve. Father, may you be lifted high in us and through us tonight. Father, may the name of Jesus be magnified through what we do here God, we're so thankful for Brother Jim, God, the word that he's been bringing. And Father, we pray that you would anoint him again tonight. God, that you would speak to our hearts. God, for the Christian that's here tonight, we pray that you would challenge us where we are needed and challenge. God, that you would convict us where conviction is needed. God, that you would encourage us where encouragement is needed. And Father, if there's anyone here, Father, anyone here that doesn't know Christ Jesus as their Lord, Savior, Master, and Friend, God, we pray that they would repent and believe the gospel tonight. And all we say and ask, in the wonderful name of Christ Jesus, amen. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. I, uh, when I think of this song, uh, for years when I pastored Ohio, we, uh, during vacation Bible school week, we would have, uh, there'd be one specific night of the week where the gospel would be especially presented, and if uh, uh, any young people wanted to be saved, they would bring them to my office, and I had a little picture book for the young kids, uh, and uh, it was a boy and a dog, and goes through the plan of salvation, and uh, get to a picture, the boy and his dog are over here, there's a big tree, which is supposed to represent all of our sins, and Jesus is behind the tree, and the boy, you can tell, is sad, the dog's sad, he's got his paws over his uh, eyes, crying, and... Uh, to explain the fact, how many know before you get somebody saved, you got to get them lost? Before you realize you need to save you, you, you got to realize you, 
you have a need. And so I was painting this horrible, I had a couple young people in my office uh, during Bible school, painting this horrible picture of sin and separation from God. But as soon as I turned that page, this one little girl, she got a big smile on her face and she wasn't paying attention to anything I was saying. And all of a sudden she interrupted me, my horrible story of sin and failure. She said, but look, preacher, there's Jesus. And she just, in her mind, she knew that no matter what the situation or how bad it was, uh, Jesus there made everything all right. And I don't know what you've come to church with carrying tonight. Somebody said if you preach to broken hearts, you'll never lack for an audience. But if you look real closely, standing somewhere in the shadows of your circumstance tonight, uh, he's there too. And that's what this song talks about. and the Pharisees were all gathered round him as a boy in the temple speaking with such wisdom they were all amazed at what he said and in the middle of it all there was Jesus the one crying Spoke of one who was to come, baptizing with fire. John baptized him, heavens were open, and God descended like a dove. And in the middle of it all, there was Jesus. bring life to his daughter he spoke with authority straight from the father no one could explain away his power and in the middle of it all there was Jesus then on a hill just outside of town this man hung there bleeding he was dying for the souls of men to captives bringing freedom but three days later his doom was empty he conquered death and the grave and in the middle of it all there was Jesus you're facing, no matter where you've been, in hard times or in good times, just keep your eyes on Him, even in the heat of battle, or by pleasant mountain streams, He'll be right there in the middle, cause that's where He's always been, so be strong and take courage, when you think you're gonna fall. 
I want you to stand with us once again.
Let's sing that chorus. Hang on, remain standing. I'm sorry. Let's do that one time with no music. Can we do that? It is well with our souls. God, I'm thankful for Jesus. And because of our relationship with him, God, we have peace that passes all, all understanding. God, we thank you tonight for being so, so good to us. God, you're good when times are going well. God, you're good when times are bad. God, you're good in triumph. You're good in tragedy. Father, I thank you tonight for being so good all the time. For granting us peace and joy in our lives. For giving us strength for every day, for every circumstance. Father, I thank you. And God, I pray tonight, if there's one among us that does not know Jesus, does not have a relationship, I pray tonight their heart would be convicted. And that tonight they would choose to repent of their sin and follow Jesus because it is only Jesus that satisfies the soul, that satisfies our lives completely. God, we thank you tonight. In Jesus' name, God's people said, amen. Well, it's a blessing tonight uh, to have um, Brother Jim... McComas. It's great tonight to have Brother Jim Markham here again as well. <laughs> and uh, if you were here the other night, I introduced Brother Jim Markham to preach for us. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, but Brother McComas told me, he says, I wasn't too concerned about that, but if you mix the offering up, we were going to have issues. <laughs> so, but we have a very special guest here tonight with us as well, and that is uh, Brother Jim's dear wife, Miss Beth. And we're thankful that you came in today. Uh, kind of funny, uh, Brother Jim told me he was going to get her today, and, and uh, when, the, when we booked the hotel, um, you know, they asked, was it for uh, one person? And I said it was you know, one, one individual. And I told Brother Jim, I said, I may get a phone call. It says, look, your speaker at your church, said he had a woman come in with him today. And, and so, uh, but they didn't call me or nothing, so I guess they figured it out. But we're thankful that she's here. I'm thankful to have uh, Brother Brandon uh, from Equip Church in Hickory. Uh, exciting things going on there. Brother Jonathan, y'all know him as well. Great to have all of you with us tonight. Brother, come preach to us. Amen. Good evening. I'm really glad you're saved. Well, if you're saved, raise your left hand. 
If you're sure about it, raise your right hand. If you're happy about it, wave them both. All right. It is uh, good to be here. Uh, I love uh, I love blended worship. I love singing new songs. I love singing old songs. It is well with my soul. There ought to be a place in every one of our churches for that old stuff. You know why? Because they don't write them like that anymore. Whoo, what a... My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Now, that's good right there. That's enough to make a Presbyterian blow the back of their robes out. I mean, that is good stuff. Uh... And I do appreciate this band for all the joking, for all the jokes. I appreciate this band. I, I, I observe things, you know, five years of church revitalization. I like to see how people do things. But there's things probably taking place you didn't notice. Okay, so for example, on It Is Well With My Soul, did you notice between the second and third verse of that song that brother guitar player played a turnaround? Did you notice that? Did you notice that all the other instruments just went right along that and did the turnaround? There was no problem. Do you know? Do you know how and why that happened? Because they, be, that you know, that tells me without knowing they've been in here and practiced. What a concept! I go to a lot of churches. Boy, it would be great if they could learn that that concept of practicing. I there's a church that, that I don't know if any of y'all know Curtis Linton from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's now pastoring here in North Carolina, and this church had me and Curtis, we rotated revivals every year, and their, their praise music, I mean, it was, it was rough sledding, and I, so they were asking me for advice, as when I was working for church revivals, they'd ask me advice, what they could do, and I was trying, I spent 15 minutes trying to nicely tell them some things that they need to do with their, with the, with the group up here, and uh, when I got done, the pastor's wife said, Brother Curtis got our worship team together and said, I don't know why y'all keep practicing. It's not going to get any better. And so I hear I, had, I was trying to be nice, and he had kind of went directly to the point. But I do appreciate this. And uh, even uh, you think about a banjo player. I mean, this is going to be one of the few places I go and I know. But, but let me now think about this. Think about this. Think if you were, in a, you were in the desert and you would run plumb out of water and you didn't know where to go and you were lost. And sitting in front of you was Bugs Bunny, a cactus, and a really good banjo player. Which one would you ask for directions? You might as well try the cactus because the other two are fragments of your imagination. And so, I'm sorry. That's, 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 I'm so sorry. Brother, you're, you're, we're, we're good. Are we good? Are we good? Okay, all right. I'm done. That's all, that's all the banjo jokes. <clears throat> I got one more good one for tomorrow night, by the way. We'll see. We'll see how good. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 10. I tell you, Brother Huff and Brother Smith, I, I, I probably have uh, done these two guys a disservice, and the Lord's convicted me. So I, and I know the pastor's already mentioned, but would you both stand, introduce your family that's here, Tell them what you're doing. Give them an update real quick because I have, 
I have done both of them pretty bad. Every time I talk about Brandon, I talk about something that I'm not going to talk about tonight. I have a good story about him. If you want to hear it afterwards, maybe somebody will tell it. And then I, tell, I, I joke about the Huffs leaving family ministries and going out of the will of God and coming to, to plant a church, and that's not true. I, and the truth of it is, if they do half a good a job helping build this church as they do for family ministries, you'll be doing good because they're great, great employees. So both of you stand up. Whoever wants to, I know you got, you got some of your youngins, all you, yours here. Appreciate them being here, and as Pastor already mentioned, my wife is here. I, I said I feel strange, not usually either she comes with me or she doesn't come with me, but not usually in the middle of the week, so I, I tried to tell as many of you as I could on the way out last night that my wife's going to be here. I just didn't want you to think I'd show up as some woman and just randomly <laughs> came across the road, but uh, she is retired, so she's finished. She's able to go with me a lot more. She's trying this experiment. This is the first year of her retirement, and she describes retirement like this. Less money and more husband. And so she's seeing how that works, but uh, it is uh, good to have her here tonight. Luke chapter 10, a very familiar uh, story. Uh, if you know anything about the, the Bible or the teachings of Jesus, there is a lawyer that has come to Jesus asking him what he needs to do to inherit eternal life. And uh, he tells him to love the Lord his God with all of his mind, heart, soul, and, and love his neighbor as himself. And so in answer to that, the lawyer has asked Jesus who his neighbor is. And Jesus, in response to that question, says in verse 29, he willing to justify himself, that's the lawyer, said unto Jesus, who is thy neighbor? This is Jesus' response. Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. 
And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him. Whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showeth mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. As we look at this story and we see this man, you ought to think when you come to church, I want you to get in your mind a good visual of what is going on here. When this man is set out from Jerusalem, headed to Jericho, he is traveling on the Jericho Road. And history tells us that during Bible times that the Jericho Road was notorious as a very bad hangout for some very bad dudes. And unfortunately, our brother here in this story has run into some of those bad thieves. And you see the story, and we've read the description of what has happened. I want you tonight, as you look, I want you to get a visual as you look beside the road that leads to Jericho. Our beloved hero is on the side of the road. And by the way, the Bible does not name him, but we're in North Carolina tonight, and now I, we, we live over here in East Tennessee, so would it be okay if I called him Bubba tonight? Uh, somebody said, I don't like that name. Well, this is my sermon. If you, you get, get your own sermon and you can call him whatever you want to. We're going to call him Bubba for the next few minutes. But as we look beside the road, I want you to see how bad Bubba's situation is. The Bible says, first of all, that this man, as we see him on the side of the road, he is beaten down materially or financially. For the Bible says that these guys, he has fallen among thieves who have stripped him of everything he has. Every possession that the man has, they've taken everything, including his clothes. As we find him inside the road, he's naked as a jaybird. He has nothing. He has no clothes. He, all of his money's gone. They've taken everything. He is completely stripped materially. Oh, you say, preacher, it's, it's bad. You're right. Oh, wait a minute. It's even worse than that. You take a look at it, you're going to turn away because he's obviously in great physical distress. It wasn't enough for those guys to rob him, but they whooped him. They put him in a semi-comatose state. They, I mean, he's got broken bones. One eye is completely, I can see it right now. Can you see it? He, I can see one eye is completely swollen up. That's going to hurt tomorrow. I mean, they, the Bible says they stripped him of everything he had and then left him half dead. Not good, materially. He's lost everything. Not good physically. They've left him beside the road. If you want the truth of the matter, I believe they didn't want any witnesses to this thing. I, I think they, they, they were bent on killing him. And they've got halfway there as we see him lying beside the road. But then thirdly, I want you to see Old Bubba, if he has any consciousness of what's going on, he's also got to be beaten down emotionally and spiritually. Because as he is laying beside the road, some people who should care about him have just left him to die. Beth and I have friends, uh, they, uh, they used to pastor just north of here in Gastonia, Dr. 
Danny and Carolyn Dwyer. They now live just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, pastored a little church there in Ashland, just outside of Ashland City. And uh, we, uh, I, I preached for Brother Dwyer not too long ago. We stayed in their home, and, and they told us a story uh, some time ago uh, the Dwyers leaving their little country church on a Sunday night headed home and uh, they were hit by a drunk driver and left beside the road and they both had broken bones and various injuries and had months of rehab. Uh, he was able to drag her out of the car and they thought for a while that the car was going to catch on fire but it was late at night and um, on that Sunday morning later as we were headed from their house we were driving with them to their church as we came by the spot where the accident took place, Brother Dwyer said, this is where the wreck was. And, and as he began to recount that night, it seems that the one part that disturbed him most beyond the injuries, he talked about how he's able to get Carolyn out of the car and then he's able to drag himself up to the road. And of course, it's a rural country road late at night, not much traffic, and he was so happy to see lights coming. And with that one good arm, he's waving them down and imagine his distress when they went on by. And in retelling the story, it seemed that that part hurt more than all of those injuries that they'd experienced. You imagine as Bubba. He's laying beside the road. He's in pain. He's lost everything. He's just suffered a traumatic, traumatic experience. And imagine as he sees somebody coming down the road. If he, if he can see with that one good eye, imagine how happy he is. It's a priest. Well, a priest, that's the preacher. That's the old, you know, the old Testament equivalent of a preacher. He's the guy that makes a living out of interceding to God on the behalf of God's people. He, he, he lives and works in the temple. Imagine his shock as the priest goes to the other side of the road and heads on by him like he doesn't even exist. And then he sees somebody else coming, and uh, it's a Levite, the Bible says. Now, a Levite is the priest's assistant. I would say it's the Old Testament equivalent of a deacon. I mean, it's somebody that's spiritual. It's somebody that's working in the church. It's somebody. I mean, you remember when they carried the Ark of the Covenant? Not just anybody could carry that thing. I mean, not just anybody could touch that thing. You remember Uzzah? Remember when he was driving the cart and the thing started weeble-wobbing back there and Uzzah touched the ark? You remember what happened? Uzzah was a no more. He died on the spot. And so it had to be, you know who carried the ark? It was Levites. So this is a spiritual person too. Somebody works in the temple. Imagine his shock. He goes to the other side of the road. Just goes on like he doesn't even exist. Look at Bubba. Look at him. He's lost everything he's got. Naked as a jaybird. Doesn't have a dime to his name. He's materially devastated. He's physically devastated. Look at the injuries. Broken bones. His ribs are busted. One eye done swollen shut. I mean, he's half dead. Physically devastated. And then as he watches that priest and Levite go on down the road, Man, he's got to be emotionally devastated. Would you all agree with me tonight that Bubba's situation is bad? You want to know where this sermon began for me in my mind and my heart? I'd have to take you back 
several years. We had moved from Ohio. We were living in Nashville. I was working for our home missions department, and uh, I was leaving the house, uh, getting ready on a Monday. I was going. I had to start revival in southern Ohio on Monday night. And I'm running around the house. How many know the two busiest and most hectic time are trying to get ready to go on a trip and then trying to catch up when you get back from a trip? And so I've got the hatch up in my car in the garage, and I'm throwing stuff in the back, and I'm trying to remember everything that I had to do. And there, Now, this is not going to sound very spiritual for a preacher to say, I was having a bad day. Is there anybody here ever had a bad day? Is there anybody here that's ever had a bad week? Is there anybody here ever got so depressed you felt like you were having a bad life? I mean, all you need with them guys with overalls and that hound dog singing gloom, despair, and agony on me. By the way, spring and summer people, that's a hee-haw reference. Go look it up when you go look up junior samples. But anyway, I was having a bad day. There were just some personal things. There were things that were on my mind and my heart. And uh, I was distracted and I was depressed and I was getting worse. And I was trying to hurry up and go and... I was just there by myself, and so finally I said, you know, you need to start listening to your preaching instead of just preaching. And I've often said, you know, we do too much listening to the devil. We need to talk back to the devil. So I said, bless God, that's what I'm going to do. And so I said in my spirit, devil, not today. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for your mess. I rebuke you in the name of the Lord and the blood of Jesus Christ. I started quoting scripture. Then I started singing a gospel song, and shazam, I got to feeling pretty good. Matter of fact, just a few minutes, I mean, I felt like I was spiritually supercharged. I mean, I got the feeling, I mean, I had revival right there in my house. I felt like I could jump out over hell on a wet noodle with an empty squirt gun and yell boo at the devil. I mean, I was feeling good. So I said, I'm ready for revival. Got in my car. Turned the car on. Put it in reverse. Hit the gas. Boom, 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 boom. Put it back in park. I thought my house was under terrorist attack. I thought a bomb had dropped or something. What has happened? And I got out of my car. You remember that part when I said that I was packing? And you remember that part that I said I had the hatch up? You don't remember saying anything about putting it down. <laughs> Banjo players taking delight in this story, I'm telling you. I didn't even want to go to the back of my car. I got to the back of my car, and my car was in pieces, parts all over the garage. There was a big, expensive-looking metal strip. It was way over here. My, I never forget this. My right taillight, it was busted out, and the taillight was just, ee, 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 it's just a swinging. And so now... I got to go to Revival in Ohio. I got a limited amount of time. Now I got to get another car. I got to go get a rental car. I got to take this to the Ford dealership. I mean, I'm sweeping the pieces, parts of my car. I'm trying to throw what I could into the back trunk. And then I put the hatch down and put it in reverse and headed out down to the Ford dealer. It was about five minutes away from our house. I got down there. I'm out of breath. Let me use a Yankee term on you. I was discombobulated. I mean, I was upset, and I knew I had a, just a little bit of time. I said, can somebody please i got to have my car fixed right now. We're booked up for a week and a half. You're not going to get your car fixed today, but we'll send a representative. And you can't get a, we don't have any rental cars either. There's something going on in town in Nashville. That we'll have somebody come out. I'm standing there. I'm out of breath. 
I'm discombobulated. I'm, uh, oh, by the way, I headed out from my house. Somebody else got in the car with me. Anybody want to guess who it was? Anybody want to guess? You got three guesses. The first two don't count. The devil said to me, where's them songs you were singing, big boy? That's what the devil calls me, big boy. I don't know why. Just a minute ago, you were quoting scripture at me. I don't hear none of that singing now. Well, you thought I was low before. So I'm standing there in my car. My taillight, you know, I've just got parked, so it's still, it's still swinging. The guy from Ford, the guy Ford pays hundreds of dollars to be an expert, to size up the situation. He comes around the back of my car, looks at the back of my car and says, huh, left the hatch up, didn't you? Thank you, Mr. Obvious. He said, well, he said, you're missing that, that metal strip there. He said, "That's it looks expensive, but it's not. said, we don't have one in stock, but I can get it ordered. Uh, and, I mean, I don't have any, you know, I'm not a mechanical person. I'm not a house person. I don't know nothing about nothing. And I, this guy made, did something made me so mad. He looking up in there at that busted taillight. He took the bulb that was... Swinging, looked in there and poop, popped it right back in. He had me get in the car, turn my left, my right, so everything was, was working. And he said, well, this, these parts here, said, uh, you're going to be going to Ohio. Said, uh, we can have the parts. Said, the car is drivable as it is, and we can have these parts, and it's, just, it's not going to be that much, and we can fix it when you get back. And he saw how discombobulated I was. And the Ford guy, not a preacher, the Ford guy, put his arm around the preacher. And here's what he said. He said, preacher, it's not as bad as it seems. It's not as bad as it seems. And I drove up the road to Ohio with those words ringing in my ears. And that's the title of this message tonight. It's bad. But it's not as bad as it seems. Now, time in. Let's go back to the side of the road. Oh, preacher, don't tell me you're going to go back over there to Bubba and tell him what the title of your sermon is. That's exactly what I'm fixing to do. Watch me. Look up here. I'm easy to spot. Let's go. Bubba's still there. All right. He's still He's looking as bad. He's looking as bad as he did a, did a while ago. You still going to tell him? Wait a minute. Everybody get quiet. Listen. <laughs> did you hear that? I just heard him. I just heard him draw a breath. Wait a minute. He just turned over. Oh, I hear him groaning. Hey, the Bible says that the thieves left Bubba Half dead. Now look, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But if they left him half dead, what does that also mean? They left him half alive. I believe they wanted the old boy dead, but they did not succeed in getting the job done. And can I tell you, Bubba, it's bad, but it's not as bad as it could be because you could be dead, but Bubba, 
I can see that one good eye moving. I just heard you groan. I just saw you roll over. I can hear you breathing and gasping for air. You're still alive. And can I tell you tonight, discouraged friend, if the devil had his way with every one of us, we'd all be in hell tonight with our back broke. But listen, he has tried, and how many know, he has thrown his best punch at so many of us. And he's tried to discourage us. And he would try to devastate us. And he would try to take our joy and our peace. He would try to rob us. He would love for us to walk out of this building and say, it doesn't pay to serve God. The angels are on vacation. God is dead. He doesn't exist. But look at us tonight. Every one of us are still here tonight. We may be hurt but we're still here. We may be wounded, but we're here. We're still alive, lifting our hands, singing God's praises. Hey, it's not as bad as it seems because God has saved us to live another day. I, I couldn't help but think about it tonight as Luke was standing up here. And I was sitting here. I was standing on the front and the congregation was singing. And we're singing, It Is Well With My Soul. I don't know if you know the story of the song, It Is Well With My Soul, but it was written out of a great tragedy of a man who lost his entire family. And I thought about that tonight in this service as Luke is up there singing it. And I'm standing down here singing it. Face difficult tragedies as many of you across this building. I'm talking about heartbreaking things, things that we'd like to, to forget, things that we wish had never happened, but yet the devil would have loved to get us out of church, but here every one of us are. We're in church tonight, aren't we? We're singing God's praises. You're still, But you say, preacher, I'm depressed. Yeah, but you're still here. Preacher, you don't know I'm hanging by a thread. Yeah, but you're still hanging. You're still here. I'm, I'm down, yes, but we're not defeated. We may be down, but we're not out. We may be bruised and battered, but we're not beaten. We may be depressed, but we're not deterred. We may be cast out, but we're not destroyed. Hey, Bubba, it's bad, but it's not as bad as it could be. It's not as bad as it seems because you are still alive. By the way, you can't figure out yet, I'm not just preaching to Bubba tonight. I'm preaching to you, you and you and you and you and you. And to me. Because how many know we've all come to church tonight with some hurts and some things that have discouraged us and defeated us. It's bad. I'm not trying to downplay your hurt. I'm not trying to just, just say, oh, just pray a little bit. No, I understand. In a room of this size, in a crowd this size, there are folks that have faced uh, the, the, the horrible things in your life. I'm not saying it's not bad. I'm just saying, get a little bit of attitude adjustment. Take that frown and turn it upside down because it's not as bad as it seems. I'm trying to give you a little pep talk. It's bad, but it's not as bad as it seems. Because, Bubba, point number one, you're still alive. They left you half dead. They didn't finish the job. I can hear you breathing. And where there's breath, there's life. Where there's life, there's hope. Hey, there's hope. Hey, discouraged friend, there's hope. All right, let's go back to Bubba. Bubba, I mean, I've been standing here. 
and I know you're in and out of consciousness, but I, I saw you look over. I saw you reach out your hand as the preacher went by. Oh, that's bad. And I know there are people in this room. And how many times in, out in our community, have you ever tried to invite somebody to church and you had to answer for somebody else that claimed to be a Christian and did something wrong and we have to ask? Well, well, I know Brother Blabberjaw's down there at the church of the Chosen Frozen. If he's a Christian, I'm Mickey Mouse. I mean, I ain't going to church. Well, bless God, you're not, you're not serving Brother Blabberjaws. We're serving God who never fails. Well, Sister Fluffy had made me mad after the back of the business meeting 10 years ago, and I've never been back. Bless your heart, I'm sorry on behalf of Sister Fluffyhead and her stupidity. Some of you met Sister Fluffyhead, I could tell. Man, I'm sorry, Bubba. I, that was bad. I, I saw that preacher go by. And then the deacon went by. <laughs> Two people you should have been able to count on. That's bad. It's bad when people let us down. By the way, I think it's more devastating for the child of God when somebody in here lets us down. I, I, I say all the time, I can handle, I expect opposition from out there, but when it comes from inside, it hurts. I get that. We've all been there, and I'm sorry, and it's bad. Bubba is bad. Mm. Bubba? Hey, Bubba! You still with me? Woo-hoo! Bubba! Get that eye, that one good eye, get it open. Bubba, if you can... I believe if you situate yourself, get up on that one good elbow. Could you just do that? For, just go with me for a minute. Could you just, just turn around? Oh, I know it hurts. Hey, Bubba, you can stay awake for one more minute. Can you look back down that road? I know these two have let you down. But Bubba, there's somebody else coming. There's somebody else. I see somebody else coming. And they're going to be different than the other two. Now, Bubba, the one that's coming, he's from another country. He's not even the same nationality as you. And technically, in Bible times, you two shouldn't have anything to do with one another. But he's unlike anybody you've ever met. He's come from a different country. But he's going to help you. Now, I know you can't get to him. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to come down this road and he's going to come right to where you're at. Is there anybody in this building that can remember a time that you were laying by the side of the road in the depths and the despair and the disgrace of your sin and you couldn't get to God and God was perfect and holy and he shouldn't have had anything to do with you but aren't you glad when you couldn't get to a holy God bless God in the form of Jesus Christ he came to where you were at. I love this story. I love what it says. He came to him. He bound up his wounds. He poured in the oil and the wine. He bandaged him. And then he put him on his own beast and took him down to the Hotel Six and got him a room, bless God. Aren't you glad for the day when we couldn't get to God, but bless God, he was perfect and holy. He reached down his hand and came to where you and I were and helped us in our moment of despair. It's bad, Bubba. But you're still alive. It's bad, Bubba. Many have let you down. But there's one coming, whoo, glory to God, that will not let you down.
And aren't you glad in a world of failures and pain and backstabbers and liars and thieves, aren't you glad we have somebody who has never let us down the first time nor ever will? Can I tell you this? Jesus never fails. By the way, let me go, go on with that and say how many know that Jesus has some good representatives in this world. I've been in church all of my life. The best people I know are God's people. How many know there's a lot of good people? Let me make this statement. I believe it with all of my heart. The church on its worst day is far better than the world at its best. I'm going to stick with the church. Christ died for the church. He loved the church. And there's some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people in the church. So it's bad, Bubba. But it's not quite as bad as it you're half dead, but you're still alive. There's been some people let you down, but there's one coming. Gonna take care of you. Can we fast forward here at the closing? Now, I'm going to leave the King James tonight, and I'm going to go to the St. Jimmy translation. Then this is not in the Scripture. You're not going to find it in the covers of your Bible. we got a lot of preachers here tonight. I do not. And they can stop me if they feel like I'm doing a disservice to this text. But I'd like you to imagine a couple weeks after the story that we have just read. Now, how many here has ever had major surgery in your life? You thought you were in pain that first day after. How many know that second or third day you feel like you've been hit by a Mack truck? Oh, Bubba. Let's hope he's asleep right now. He doesn't hear this. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Imagine those days of recovery. He's sitting down there at the Motel 6. They left the light on for him. And he's hurt. And he's in agony. And he's got a lot of pain. And uh, a couple weeks passed, and the manager down at the Motel 6 comes by Bubba's room one day. And he looks at Bubba. Bubba's looking out the window, and he's looking mighty sad today. And brother Motel 6 manager says, Bubba, what's wrong? Bubba said, well, I got several things wrong. First of all, this recovery is taking a lot longer than I thought it was. Man, this is going slow. And man, I know back home my bills are piling up, and they ain't going to pay for themselves. I got to get back on the job. I got to get going. I, I mean, I'm thinking about all my financial responsibility. And then he said, there's something else that's making me real sad today. Hotel six manager said, what is it, Bubba? He said, well, you remember that day that I came in here and I was so messed up, I was half dead, I mean, I was passed out, I was in trouble. So, he said, I can't hardly remember anything that happened that day. And said, you keep telling me about that nice man that brought me down here, paid for this room, bound up my wounds, gave me first aid, put me on his own animal and brought me here to the hotel. He said, I never got a chance to shake that man's hand. And I never got a chance to thank him for what he did for me. And I'm just really feeling bad about that. And the manager said, is that what you're so sad about, Bubba? Well, take that frown and turn it upside down. You ain't got nothing to be sad about. 
Because Bubba, let me tell you, the last thing that guy said, he put the money in my hand for this room. He put a little bit of extra there for anything you might need. And then he said, anything else old Bubba needs, I'll take care of it when I return. It ain't dancing if you don't leave your feet. Hey, did anybody get what I just said? Bubba, the last thing he said when he left, he said he's coming back. And so one day you're going to be able to chance. Uh, you're going to have a chance to put your hand in his hand. You're going to have a chance to thank him. And you're going to have a chance. And listen, Bubba, you don't have any financial worries because he's going to pay the bill when he returns. Bubba is bad, but it's not as bad as it seems. Because you're still alive. There's somebody from a far country that helped you. And number three, he's coming back. By now, you probably figured this out. I'm not talking to Bubba at all, am I? I'm talking to you. I had kids in Irwin, Tennessee the other night. There was a bunch of bushes over here. I was talking in the bushes. A boy came up and was digging through the bushes to find Bubba after the sermon. I'm not talking to Bubba. I'm talking to you. Because we live in a bad world. I'm not, I'm not going to. Listen, I understand that. We deal in our ministry with bad. We see the worst of humanity, what the worst of humanity can do to God's children. We, I, I, I'm not downplaying the fact that it's bad. And I'm not downplaying what you're going through. But hey, you're still alive. And aren't you glad of all the people that backstabbed you and lied about you and did you wrong? There's somebody that has never failed you. He went away and it may seem like he's gone far, far away. But I got news for you. He's fixing to come back. And how many, how many believe, first of all, that Jesus is coming back to this earth? How many believe it's not going to be too long? And how many believe he can set everything straight? What a day that'll be. With my Jesus I shall see. I'm going to get a chance to put my hand in his nail-scarred hand and hug his neck and thank him for Calvary, thank him for everything he's done for me. He didn't have to do it. One trip around the promised land, when he takes me by the hand, I'll have all my questions answered. That's good news in a bad world. The scriptures lay it out in great detail. In the Old Testament, there are 1,845 references to the second coming of our Lord. Seventeen books in the Old Testament have it as its predominant theme. In the New Testament, 260 chapters mention it 318 times. One out of every 25 verses in the New Testament talks and speaks of the second coming of Christ. Perhaps this day will be the last. And time shall be forever past. Our light affliction will be o'er. Then will be glory forevermore. The days of pain and toil will cease. Faithful workers will rest in peace. Perhaps today my eyes will see the Lamb of God who died for me. Nothing else will matter then. We'll be with Him, our precious friend. That's good news in a bad world. It's bad, but it's not as bad as it seems because He's coming back. He's going to put everything together. Some of our preachers here tonight, I'm sure, will remember the name of a classic uh, hero of the faith, classic preacher of yesteryear. His name was R.G. Lee. R.G. Lee was most famous for a sermon he preached thousands of times called Payday Sunday. 
R.G. Lee died in 1978 at the age of 92. But R.G. Lee told the story of asking his mother one day, Mother, what was the happiest day of your life? R.G. said he thought that maybe his mother would say when he met the kid's father. They'd been married for 50 years. He thought maybe it would be the birth of the children or something else. But he said his mother looked off into space as if in deep thought. She said, son, you've asked a hard question, but I know the answer with great certainty. I know what the happiest day of my life was. R.G. described that his family had lived through the Civil War. And their dad, his father, had went to war to fight for the South during the Civil War. He said times were hard on the farm during those days. They made their tea from sassafras. They made their coffee from parched corn. They worked from sunup till sundown. Then he said the news came, the sad news. A messenger walked up the long drive, their farm, with the message that the father had died. He'd been killed in battle. He said the mother tried to keep the family together and keep things going. She tried to be strong for us kids, said, but late at night when we went to bed, we could hear mother crying herself to sleep in her bedroom. But on this day, many years later, R.G. had asked his mother, what was the happiest day of your life? And she said uh, it was during the Civil War. And it was some time after they'd received the news that father had died. Mother and R.G.'s sister Elizabeth were sitting on the front porch with some green beans. They were snapping green beans. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Snap, snap, snap into a big colander there on the porch. All of a sudden, snap, 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 stop. Elizabeth turned around and Mother was looking way down the road there was a figure barely, you could barely see coming down the road. She said, Elizabeth, that man coming yonder walks like your father. Elizabeth said, now, mother, mother, get a hold of yourself. You were here. You heard the, you heard the messenger. You know father's gone. Don't get yourself worked up. Yes, honey, I know. Snap, snap. Figure's getting closer, coming down the road. Snap, snap. Stop. Mm, mm, mm. I know what's coming. I'm getting excited. Elizabeth looks up. Mother is looking down the road again. She said, Elizabeth, that man even looks like your father. Mother, don't get yourself worked up. You know you hear the message. Snap, 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 stop. And Elizabeth Went to look, but before she could look, she saw the beans go flying off the porch. She saw Mother stand up and she heard Mother squalling like a Comanche Indian. Elizabeth, that man coming down through the gate is your father. He was missing an arm. He was less 50 pounds, but somehow, someway, he had actually survived. The kids came from all over the farm. They rejoiced, and she said, Son, that was the happiest day of my life when he, which we thought was dead, was found to be alive. And R.G. Lee said, If that man's appearing could cause such joy and gladness 
How much more will it be when he comes for us and we see the face of Jesus and he opens the gates of grace and glory? It's bad, but bless God, it's not as bad as it seems because you're still alive. He's able to help you and bless God. One of these days, he's coming back for his people. So Bubba, I know it's a bad day today, but there'll be better days. Because it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, but it's not as bad as it seems. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. And Lord, as we come to the close of this service in a time of invitation, Lord, I really don't know who I'm speaking to, and what they're going through. This sermon will have hit every single person in this building differently. But somebody, there is no doubt in my mind, somebody here, probably a lot of somebody's, there's a lot of Bubba's that needed to hear. Oh, listen, I'm not downplaying. I'm not saying it's not bad. And maybe they're going through something that nobody, only God and only the Lord, you and them know I'm not saying it's not bad, but I'm just saying let's think about it a little bit more. Maybe there's some positives. Maybe there's a silver lining in that cloud. And God, I pray for your people tonight. Maybe some are discouraged tonight. They come here battling sickness. They come here battling some secret problem. They come here with a wayward child or grandchild. They come here with a marital problem or financial problem. They come here with a problem on the job. They come here with an emotional problem. They come here with somebody and something in their life that has wounded them. They come here with a broken heart. They've lost someone dear to them. They're, they're hurting tonight. Maybe they needed to hear this message. It's bad. I'm not saying it's not bad, but God help them to look and see. They're still alive. They're still able to be here in church. And Lord... A lot of people have failed us, but you've never failed us. And bless God, Lord, we're so thankful for the promise that you're coming back and you're going you're gonna to take us home one day out of all of this mess. And so, God, I pray for those tonight that may be going through something. Maybe they just need to come and pour it out to you. They needed this reminder tonight. And for that one that may be here under the sound of my voice, not sure with 100% certainty that if they died tonight, they'd make heaven their home. Oh, listen, I wish I could give them something positive, but if they stay in their sins, it's, it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better for them. And so, God, I pray that they realize it's just as simple as ABC. We've got to admit that we're sinners. Believe you died on the cross and then confess our sins. If we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins. I pray somebody can do that. We could pray with them. Someone can, they can take a Bible. They can leave here. They can get up from this altar with their sins forgiven on their way to heaven or whatever the need is in this invitation, I pray you bless it and meet the need. God, the greatest power source that we have is an altar. The greatest unused source of power in the church, I believe, is the altar. And so sometimes, there are just sometimes that we just need to use the altar. Just let the devil know we're serious. Let the Lord know we're serious and just talk things over with the Father. Lord, I pray you'd meet the need in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'd ask you to stand all over the building. They're going to sing a song of invitation.
just in this quiet moment, with our heads bowed and eyes closed in this time of invitation, burdens are lifted at Calvary. Would you like to come? Would you like to come and talk it over with him in this invitation? Would you do that? During this invitation, God's speaking to you. Would you come? sin oppressed there's mercy with the Lord and he will surely give you rest by trusting in his word only trust him only trust him. your call ourselves. Try to do it on our own. We give it to him. He's only a prayer way. In this moment, this is what revival is all about. Revival is not lost people getting saved. That's a byproduct of revival. Revival begins with God's people getting real about their needs, their burdens, their problems. God's people using the altar. That's what revival is about. Revival is about you. The crimson flood that washes white as snow. Only trust him, only trust him, only trust him now. He will save you, he will save you. Jesus is the truth, the way that leads you into rest. Believe in him without delay, and you are fully blessed. Thank you tonight for the message that you laid on Brother Jim's heart. And Lord, we thank you for working among us this evening. God, we thank you that things are not as bad as they seem. God, we thank you that you're in control. You're still on the throne. And we thank you, God, that Jesus is coming back. Lord, thank you for being present. Thank you for never leaving us, never forsaking us. 
Father, we give you praise tonight. We thank you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Brother Jim, thank you. Uh, thank you for the message tonight. Uh, thank you for being here tonight. And uh, tomorrow night's last night of our uh, revival meeting this week at 7 o'clock. I know those that have their uh, own church to attend, certainly attend your church tomorrow night. And I'll be praying for us here as we have this last night of revival. Um, invite someone to come with you. Uh, reach out to someone, invite them to come that maybe hasn't been able to come this week. And I will trust God for another wonderful service uh, tomorrow night. Uh, let's close in a word of prayer. Brother Jim's going to be at the back, and his wife will be with him. Y'all go by and love on them uh, and thank him uh, for being used of God tonight. Uh, let's close in a word of prayer. Uh, again, it's great to have uh, Pastor Brandon with us. Will you please close us tonight, brother, in prayer?